0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Crossing Barriers, Building Friendships, a podcast by Peace Lutheran Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Our guest today is Derek White, also known as the Geek Preacher, who is a United Methodist minister and is currently on family leave and is also a volunteer chaplain for the Gary Kahn Tabletop Gaming Convention. He is a noted ecumenical speaker and panel host for tabletop gaming conventions around the country, where he has spoken on topics of faith, theology, and gaming. He is also the official chaplain for the Gary Khan Gaming Convention. Reverend White has also been featured in The Fantasy Makers and The Science Fiction Makers, which are part of the Film and Imagination series produced by Refuge 31 Films. Reverend White has taught ethics and world religion on the collegiate level. He has also written both humorous and informative articles for the Knights of the Dinner Table magazine. He provides regular commentary on faith and pop culture on a wide variety of social media. That's quite an impressive bio you've got there. (laughs) So before we begin, for my sake, I just need to start with some definitions. I've heard geek community and gaming community sort of used interchangeably. Help us understand what geek or gaming community is And how is gaming different from video games?
1: Well, that's a lot to try and unpack, but I'll I'll see what I can do. Uh, Thanks. uh, Nerd and geek culture uh, tends to refer now uh, to pop culture. So a good portion of nerd and geek culture can be found in things like the Marvel movies, uh, things that are science fiction related, uh, like the Doctor Who TV series, uh, which has been a long running series on BBC television and is now very popular here in the United States. Uh, Nerd and geek culture often deal with themes of imagination, uh, themes of fantasy, Uh, You will see that in a wide variety of comic books. You'll see that in a wide variety of fantasy literature and science fiction. And again, I I would say much of that culture is pop culture today. You see it pretty much everywhere you go. Uh, You see it on television. uh, The highest rated shows on Netflix and Hulu usually have some type of science fiction or fantasy theme to them. So that's kind of what geek and nerd culture is. Gaming culture is, is similar in a lot of ways, and there's a lot of overlap. If you put a Venn diagram out there, you would see the overlap is really, really big. Uh, gaming culture uh, has a wide variety of niches. Uh, gaming culture originated out of wargaming culture, uh, which would have been tabletop war games. They started becoming big, I would say, in the United States in the 50s and 60s, pretty much uh, originated up uh, in uh, the middle of the country around uh, Wisconsin. My friends who are from that area of the country say that it originated because during the winter, you didn't have a lot else to do. Uh, You were stuck at home sometimes for weeks on end and so there was a lot of tabletop wargaming that went on. Uh, Things like Napoleonic miniatures, most of it was historical wargaming. The gaming culture that we know today grew out of that historical wargaming because those historical wargamers got bored I think a little bit with it and then wanted to add more fantasy elements of it. J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings came out it very popularly in the 50s and 60s. And so people started integrating fantasy elements into their gaming. And I think that's where a great deal of the overlap began. So gaming culture is pretty much people who, uh, as it started in the 60s and 70s, started picking up a lot of steam I would say that uh, a great deal of that influenced much of what we see today. Uh, It was a lot of tabletop gaming and much of that tabletop gaming influenced the development of video games. So a lot of your people who play video games today designed many of those video games based off of what they were learning in tabletop wargaming. They began porting over a number of those ideas. They began porting over a number of those things. So when you see a, a war game or on a video game, much of that originated with tabletop role-playing games. A lot of the younger video gamers today, those in their teens and their 20s and some even in their 30s, don't know a lot about the historical roots of video game culture but many of the early designers for tabletop games influenced much of the video games and quite a few of them became video game developers. So I would say that's probably where the biggest connection comes in.
0: Well, Thanks for unpacking that because I really thought uh, the gaming community and video games was kind of one and the same. I didn't realize that when we talk about gaming community that you're playing games on a tabletop. So how did you personally get into gaming?
1: Well, if you just think about playing games, uh, I started out playing games with my family just as a little kid uh, playing Go Fish. That's a game. It's a tabletop game. Uh, We learned how to play spades, my parents taught me how to play spades and how to play arts. Uh, We played traditional uh, board games like Monopoly and other things like that. But the more modern, what we tend to refer to as the more modern games I got into in my teens uh, with tabletop role playing games such as Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons started out as a tabletop game in 1974 uh, was uh, invented by Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson and they uh, in fact we're recording this on Gary Gygax day today. Uh, Gary Gygax the co-creator of Dungeons and Dragons would have been 83 years old today. Wow! And uh, so a number of gamers uh, celebrated that celebrate his contributions to the hobby. I got into tabletop role-playing games, which opened up a number of other games around 1983. I saw some guys playing the game at school during recess. They would play uh, this game at about 30 to 40 minute intervals when they had free time between classes. And I saw the dragons on the cover, all of these fantasy elements I already love because I'd already read The Hobbit. I already read a lot of fantasy and science fiction. And uh, when I came across one of the books, uh, I begged and pleaded with a family member to buy it for me. And she did, which is a long story in and of itself. And I read through that book. And as soon as I read through the book, it was like I paid the entry fee. Uh, to the group at school because now I had a book so I was in the club, uh, so to speak, and I began to play Dungeons and Dragons. So I've been gaming all my life and I would say that most people who have ever played any type of family game are a gamer. Gamers are a wide range of people that range from traditional games to tabletop role-playing games, to uh, video games. There's just a wide range of gaming.
0: And how, um, what's the biggest barrier or misunderstanding non-gaming people have about those who are in the gaming community?
1: One of the stereotypes uh, I've sought to kind of destroy is that gamers are just people that this is all they do with their life. They have no other life outside of their gaming. And that's just not true. I have friends uh, who uh, are lifelong gamers. This is their their hobby that they love. And they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're plumbers, they're electricians. They come from all walks of life. That's another misconception. People tend to stereotype gamers into certain categories. And I have met gamers who have doctorates, and I have. Gamer met gamers who only have a high school diploma, and I've seen them play at the same tables. So, one of the biggest stereotypes I think that uh, to combat is that's all you do with your life. Whereas, I look at tabletop gaming just like any other hobby, it's like golf. If you love to play golf, that's your hobby, and you will spend time doing that hobby, but you'll also spend time with your family. Uh, Many gamers are professionals. Many gamers uh, work in a wide variety of industries. And I don't think people get the gamut of how broad and how big the gaming community truly is.
0: You're a minister and you love to, to be a part of the gaming community. Where and how does gaming and religious life intersect?
1: Well, you just said the word that shows how they intersect, community. That's what it's all about. It's about community. Uh, the fun part of gaming is you get to sit around and spend time with your friends. Gaming, in my experience, has not just been okay, let's play this game. I'll, I'll give you a great example on my birthday. You know, we've all been going through this worldwide pandemic. Even when everybody's doing everything right, we still have this fear that has influenced us and infected us over the past year and a half almost two years now so we need this community so for my birthday this year what we did is i talked to some friends who live here locally in our area and i said i want to do something really big last year i had big plans for my birthday you know that was going to be my jubilee celebration what I did, and, and many, so most of my friends are churched or involved in church. One is a potential seminarian, uh, has a podcast on faith and gaming. Uh, another is very active in his church. These are people I know from a wide variety of Christian denominations, Christian backgrounds. I said, "Can you guys come over for my birthday?" And we came over and we played a game for about six to eight hours. Now, did we just play a game for six to eight hours? No. We ate, we had drinks, we had food, we talked, we caught up with one another. I got to introduce friends who did not know each other to each other. They finally got to meet in person and that's where the word religion comes from religion means to bind people together to bring them together it often has a negative context in our culture and rightfully so many times but at its core if you look at the word religion religio means to bind together to bring people together and that's what occurs in these moments of tabletop gaming or um or at the church. I, I tell people it is all about the table. You and I both come from very sacramental traditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we in the United Methodist and in the Lutheran church were very sacramental. And I tell people, you are welcome at my table, whether it's the gaming table, whether it's the dinner table, we're in the south, so it's the dinner table, or whether it's the Lord's table. All my tables are open, and so for me, ultimately, it's about creating a welcoming table for everyone to feast on fun, food, and friendship.
0: Love that. Now, you are the um, official volunteer chaplain for the Gary Khan Gaming Convention. So what does a volunteer chaplain do?
1: Well, uh, first of all, let me share with you a little bit about what Gary Khan is. Gary Khan is a a tabletop gaming convention in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. It's held every year annually in Mm -hmm. honor Mm -hmm. of the co-creator of Dungeons and Dragons, Gary Gygax. It began as an outgrowth of uh, Gary's children. When Gary passed away in 2008, he, his children said, hey, we're going to go down to, uh, to the uh, local veterans uh, hall and we're going to just play some games in honor of our dad because their dad's job was a game designer. And so his children said, you know, we're going to do, do this. And that's what they refer to as Gary Khan Zero. It was a, memo- a way of honoring their father by playing games and their father would have loved that. Everybody loved it so much that they said, you know what, let's do this every year annually. So GaryCon has turned into a memorial convention held every year to honor not just Gary, but all of the early creators of these tabletop games we enjoy so much. So as a chaplain, one of the things I do is I set up the memorial table for Gary, but we've started a memorial wall. And so gamers can come up and put up the names of people who have passed away, their friends who have passed away. And so I give them a space to write the names of their loved ones, people they used to play games with that they're no longer able to play games with because they're no longer with us. Uh, we also acknowledge as chaplain, as part of my job, make sure we acknowledge other game designers because you know this hobby now, especially tabletop role-playing games started officially in 1974. Well, many of these creators, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, are in their late 70s and 80s and they're mm-hmm. passing away. So at the on the memorial, we honor them. So that's part of what I do there. Uh, sometimes gaming such a big hobby and a part of a fun thing for people that they want. They want to celebrate other aspects of their life at a gaming convention. So I've performed weddings. at at the gaming convention. Uh, I even had a person come up to me and ask me to bless their child, uh, which I'm happy to do. Uh, Since I've been doing this for so long, I've been doing this now 13, 14 years in an official capacity, maybe the last six or seven. But uh, I've also had people come up to me. uh, One game designer came up to me and he said, hey, Derek, we've got to leave. Uh, I it's really tough. Uh, I want you to pray for us because uh, one of our family members just passed away. And I said, Let's, I said, if you're okay with this, let's step over here and take a moment and let's just spend some time in prayer. And we did, we stepped aside. And this is a secular gaming convention, this is not a religious gaming convention, even though Gary himself was a person of faith, it's not a religious gaming uh, convention. I and so i function in a way as a chaplain does in any other setting i'm there to pray with people i'm there to help people and uh, many people want to talk about things that are going on in their lives uh for some people uh they've told me this is the uh i will have a breakfast with the chaplain on the last day of the convention every year and during that breakfast some people come to say you know where we read a scripture we sing a song uh, we share words of life and love, and I often uh, pray a safe blessing over people who leave, and some people tell me that's the only uh, type of religious experience they have throughout the year because they're not church. Uh, they're either unchurched or dechurched, and they normally don't feel a connection to a community of faith, but they do feel that connection within that setting. And then as chaplain, I have functions throughout the year. During the pandemic. Uh, we had to go online just like everyone else. So I also run games. Uh, I try and run some family-friendly games. I run some games that are a little bit more PG-13 sometimes for older folks. Uh, but I have run games online. Uh, I open a convention with a benediction. I usually give people a dice blessing or two uh, just for the fun of it. And uh, so there's a, a lot more to it than people think. And it's a lot of fun, and I, I enjoy it very much.
0: I just learned that gaming has been around since the 80s and 90s. Well, you mentioned even since the 1970s. How is it often perceived by church communities?
1: Well, it depends on the game you're playing. Uh, if you're playing Pinochle or you're playing Gin Rummy, most folks, uh, even your more conservative Methodists, don't have trouble playing cards. Uh, so it depends on the game you're playing. It really does. If you break out a monopoly, nobody's going to say anything about you promoting capitalism in our country, but you break out a game that's cooperative and people seem to freak out. Sometimes they're like, well, who's the winner? I said, it's a cooperative game. The idea is that you win together. And that seems to, sometimes confront the uh, spirit in some of our churches. They're like, what, we're actually supposed to cooperate? Yes, church folks, let's play a cooperative game. So it it really depends on the type of game. Of course, during the 1980s, we went through something called the Satanic Panic, uh, where uh, Dungeons and Dragons was maligned by the media, maligned by many Christian communities and there are still after effects of that to this day we saw the same thing in the 90s uh, with magic the gathering a tabletop card game that came out we saw this when uh, people rose up against harry potter and other things of that nature there is often a disconnect and i think part of that disconnect comes from certain strands of christianity that do not like the idea of imagination They don't like the idea of fantasy. And there are strands of Christianity, unfortunately, that have denigrated the imagination. And they want everything so rooted in reality that they don't even realize, as people of faith, they've not left any room for God or the miraculous or the beautiful or the transcendent. One of the things that people have to understand within the life of the church, that gaming is about the Imago Dei. It is about being created in the imagination of God. And that God, we are God's imagining, and God has given us imagination so that we might imagine as well. As one friend of mine said, he said, if you don't think God likes to play, then why did God create Adam out of the mud? because God was playing with the spirit, which is the water, and he was playing in the mud when God created Adam. I I want the church to hear that gaming is about holy play. It is about holy times of laughter. It's fun to have laughter. God meant for us to be people of the garden, people of joy, people of life and creativity. And unfortunately, those strands of Christianity that are out there, away with the imagination and they say that that's not good and that's one of the reasons i took part in the fantasy makers documentary it was on the life of george MacDonald, who was a uh, scottish minister who wrote fantasy books uh we talked about jr tolkien who wrote the lord of the rings and of course c.s lewis who wrote the chronicles of narnia as well as the Perelandra series his science fiction series it, because we wanted to show in that documentary that Christians have been people of imagination and we need to rediscover and renew our imagination once more.
0: How has gaming impacted your spirituality or your religious life?
1: I would say uh, the gaming community taught me, because I came into faith from a very conservative uh, Christian tradition that was not very inclusive. And uh, the gaming community is very diverse. Uh, it, though at times it's not as diverse as it could be either, because it's often still seen as a primary, primarily a male space. And so one of the things I have learned, and it influenced my spirituality, and that it, it, it really made me take to heart, you know, Paul's words in Galatians 3. Where he says, in Christ, there is no Jew, there is no Greek, there is no male and female, there is no slave, there is no free. And in gaming, we're all just gamers. You can put whatever label you want on it, we're all just gamers. And so I would say that my growth toward full inclusivity has been heavily influenced by the gaming community and the wide range of people I have met within that community.
0: If someone wanted to learn more about role-play gaming, uh, what should they do?
1: Well, uh, if you want to learn about role-playing gaming, playing role-playing games, uh, one of the easiest places to go is what's called D&D Beyond. While they have a subscription service, they also have free resources on there uh, on how to get into tabletop role-playing games. Another way you can do that is find a game store in your local area and ask them if they have any how to play role-playing games sessions going on. In fact, that's something I've been talking to my local game store about. They've asked me if I would come in once or twice a month and just run a session on how to play role-playing games. Because a lot of the kids right now are playing card games and things like that. but. More and more people are always wanting to learn how to play tabletop role-playing games, so uh, online is a good resource. There's, but D and D Beyond will give you some ideas about uh, playing role-playing games. Inroads uh, Ministries is a—you uh, could just Google them. Uh, they're a Christian ministry that I've worked with where they volunteer and bring uh, board game libraries to conventions as just part of their Christian witness. They're there just there to provide free board games for people to play. And they have a number of resources on their website as well. Uh, you can also contact me on social media. You can find me on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter just look for the Geek Preacher and you will find my information and I can steer people to those resources
0: so to sum things up what is the single most important thing you want those listening to understand
1: gaming is about having fun building friendships and within that you will find that your spiritual life grows as other people begin to pour out love upon you, and you begin to pour out love upon them.
0: Thank you, Derek White, for being with us, also known as the Geek Preacher, and for uh, enlightening us about what tabletop role-playing is. I think I misunderstood that a lot, and so just thanks for explaining that and being with us today.
1: Glad to help. Glad to help.